Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at mon3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hello friends and welcome back to my latest episode of Made in Speech. Monica Ferguson here and this awesome podcast was with Jen Tyson who is an executive coach and a communications expert and she works with professionals teaching and coaching them on how to communicate better. This was really really fascinating. We went into so much around mindset, body language and all the ways that we're communicating without even realizing and all the ways that we're understanding without even realizing and actually the importance of understanding why we're doing things. So fascinating. I hope you guys get so much out of this. Enjoy. So hello, welcome Jen Tyson. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's so, it's so cool to see you. I've, um, I was thinking today, so communication, this is Mm. such a great time to have this chat because I feel like it must be so interesting for you to actually observe the world right now and how everything has changed so much. Yeah, it has. I mean, the way we communicate with each other, the way we communicate for work, everything has kind of been tipped on its head. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is the rug's been pulled out from many people, like underneath many people, the rug's just been pulled out. Yeah. And suddenly we're all like, <laughs> trying to find our equilibrium and trying to live in the new normal and you know in quotation marks and all that sort of stuff yeah it's been an interesting observational time for me as a communication geek I kind of been geeking out at you know like observing wow that's interesting (laughs) yeah so how do you think we're doing at the moment obviously everything's gone to zoom I feel like if I wish I owned shares in zoom because they must be so happy right now (laughs) yeah I, you know, as a whole, I actually think people have adapted really, really well. And I work across a couple of sectors where this is not the normal for them. So whilst it's my playground and your playground and some of us are a bit geeky ourselves in that space, there's a lot of people out there who've had to adapt to a completely different way of communicating altogether. And my experience is that most of them are doing a really good job of it. And those that aren't, are more just struggling to kind of get their head around how do we communicate when we're not sitting in a desk next to someone or in the in, in the morning tea room or, or even walking with someone. So it's been an interesting time. And I, I actually think that, I, that my observation is the majority of people, we call it pivoting at the moment. So look, the majority of people have pivoted well mm. um, at different speeds. And, uh, you know, and there's been, I did write an article about the grieving workforce right at the start. And that article really talks about um, everybody's going to have a different level of grief of what they've lost and what that looks like. And it's not a negative thing, right? You know, that. so it's like, you know, grief can actually teach us stuff. So it's looking at those emotions and, and what they need to teach us. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I guess it's looking at it as more like an evolution. I love the word pivot because it feels positive mm. to me that it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an evolution rather than, oh no, look at what we've lost. I'm like, no, look at what we've gained. I feel more connected yeah. than ever in this time. <laughs> I feel like I feel more connected than ever in lots of ways. Um, yeah. It is my nirvana to work from home and I've built virtual teams that are very cohesive and I pride myself on being able to embody communication skills across a wide variety of platforms and sectors and things like that. But it is, it is trickier for some than others because we've got personality styles and communication styles in there. So woven in to the communication topic, you've got at least four different communication styles and some styles lend themselves to this a lot easier than others. Others, their whole personality and style just is so not, doesn't fit easily. It's not that they can't do it. It's just, a, it's just like, you know, if you and I went to the gym, you might be lifting five kgs and I might be lifting two because I haven't been for ages and <sighs> kind of that sort of thing. Yeah. So can you talk to me about the different communication styles that there are? Ah, my favorite topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been using I've been using a model, uh, a little bit of a cool, quick, easy, like ripping a plaster off type model that I tripped over many years ago. And it's owned by a lady called Marcia Reynolds, who's a, a kind of a brain science study person in the States. And I emailed Marcia and I said, love your model. Would love to use it. She goes, go for it. Just credit me, which is what I'm doing now. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> um, her business was called Outsmart Your Brain. And it's just a check sheet. And then it goes into a little bit of um, a, a little bit of a hey, well, this is what this means. So it's not a full-on Myers-Briggs thingy. It's just it can be done in a setting with a group of people who want to communicate better, be it corporate, be it wherever. And it can be done in sort of 10 minutes to do the exercise and another 20 minutes to have some really good conversations around how that can improve. And I've seen this tool alone when embraced and embodied and used transform cultures inside organizations. People couldn't work together before it. Now they can work together. So wow. the, the four in that, I have a whole thing online. People can go do if they want, but the four in it is there's the task focused people at the top. So you've got, doers and thinkers yep so those people are focused on task yep so they're like you know the doers let's sail the ship that's always my good example yeah the doers are like we've ticked all these boxes in our head let's sail that damn ship let's get it done we're the get stuff done people yeah and the thinkers are like oh my god if they sail the ship they haven't got all the documents on board they don't know if they've got all the people on board they're freaking out big time they're like that doer doesn't know what they're doing and the doer's like, mate, I've already ticked those things off my head. So there you get some sort of conflict <laughs> happening already. Yeah. And so you can think of a doer and a thinker in a meeting, right? Yeah. And the doer's like, oh, yeah, just let's go. <laughs> and the thinker's like, stop. And the doer's like, why do you always try to stop? Anyway, I can do a whole role play around it. And it's funny as. Then you've got the relational people. And this, is, this, this style profiling tool is, is your default communication under pressure. So it's not your normal when you're relaxed at home in your jammies. It's not that. It's when you're under pressure. So that might be work pressure, all that sort of stuff. So who do you default into? So doers and thinkers, task people. Then down the bottom, you've got your influencers. Yep. Influencers. And your connectors. And your influencers are absolutely, I could hazard a guess as to that's you. Um, I was just going to ask you. I was like, am I a connector or an influencer? <laughs> Probably a little it. bit of both. Yeah. Probably, so I'm a doer 
influencer. So yep. my top two are quite close. So I'm a get stuff done people. I'm like off to sell the shit. But the influencers are life and soul to the party. They like to check in on atmosphere. They like to bring people along for the journey. So they like to mm. check. So I'll be leading sailing the ship, but I'll be looking behind me to check that there's people following me. And if not, I'll figure it out. So, yeah. I'll, you know, you are charismatic. People like to be around you, that sort of person. The connectors are also relationship focused people and they're sitting over here going, is everybody okay? Mm. Is everybody okay? So the doers are going, let's sail the ship. The thinkers going, let's think about this. Is everybody dotted their I's and crossed their T's? And by the way, I've got screens of information I want to share with everyone. And the influencers are like, let's have a laugh. Let's make sure everybody's having fun. And yeah. the connectors are like, is everybody okay? And so if you can see that playing out yeah. in any given scenario, uh, understanding those things alone as a leader or a uh, person wanting to work better with people will, if you understand what your teams are and what yours are, and just get that they'll be, even if I don't do that test with you, you and I could probably guess what each other are. And then yeah. when we're communicating with each other, we can just consider that my style might not be your style and I need to make sure. So that's the key of it all. That's why would you do it? Well, yeah. because you make sure you're communicating with 10 different people today, you're going to have someone in all four of those camps that are going to need to hear it a different way. Some with a bit more fluff, some with a bit more love, some with a bit more direct. So that's the kind of core of it all. That is so cool. So in my last podcast, I always geek out on, you know, you're a communication geek. I geek out on things like the languages of love. Have you done that quiz for yourself? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked about it in my last podcast, which was around relationships. And we were talking, so I'd be so curious to know from you, because I guess it's not really your language of love. It's more about your um, values, right? So yeah. in terms of our values, how does that in, like, impact our communication style? So when you do, um, when you do a lot of personal development, um, so for example, I've done Strength Finder. So I know what my top five Gallup strengths are. I've done um, the my communication styles and I have done my own values exercise. So I know exactly what my values and my mission is in the world. Yeah. And as a professional, so whether you're a leader or a business owner or whatever, as a professional, it really is key to know as much about yourself as you can. So I always say exceptional leaders are exceptionally self-aware. And so when you ask me the question, how does it all play in and play out together? The answer is very simple. It paints an amazing picture mm. and it adds to your, your uh, strength, your confidence and your ability to create and carve out a life and a career life that resonates with you that if you would get up and do whether you're paid for or not so yeah. because if you're working in your strengths you know what your professional strengths are mm -hmm. um, you've got an idea of your communication style and you know what your values are and then if you do something like um, Myers-Briggs or this which are more around the personality yeah. so if you add all those little bits of the puzzle together it just I just see this it just paints a picture it's like oh here's Jen Tyson you know, and I could say no to work because it's not going to feed my strengths or use my strengths. Or I could say, yes, please, I'll do that because that's my strength. And so I believe that everybody has that unique picture. Yeah. 
and I just think that some people haven't even started to paint that yet or some people are just getting some ideas of the colors or yeah yeah I love that and I guess too because it's like knowing it is one thing but then really stepping into it and claiming it and embodying it as something else yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it is and going this is who I am and I mean I'm I'm 50 oh wow I'm 52 this week oh happy birthday thanks um Martine will be laughing and go, where was the month leading? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, because we're in lockdown, I was kind of distracted. But anyway, I'm 52 and I have to say that part of me goes, I wish I'd learned some of the stuff earlier in my life. I started on the personal ju- development journey and started stepping up into a leadership space probably in my late 20s. Yeah. And everything I've gone through in every layer like you know layers of the onion layers of your brick house whatever you like to see mm-hmm. have contributed to who I am and I believe that I'm on a lifelong learning journey yeah my favorite saying in the whole world is I never lose I only ever win or I learn and so it's always when I go through difficulty or trial or whatever okay what did I learn from that it might not be right away right but yeah um, <laughs> yeah you know, go through stuff and cry for a while and then you come out and go now what did I learn for that but it's that, you know, my passion in the world is to help people become their best selves. Yes. So I contribute to that through communication. You contribute to that in the way that you beautifully do through, you know, your coaching and your photography and, and all those beautiful ways that you help other people identify and stand in their amazingness. So, um, yeah, so my, my whole communication work is you can hear it when I talk about it because I'm I love it. It's like like, getting the vibes through the screen, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know. And everybody who does that with me is like, calm down. I'm like, no, this is me and my flow. Yeah. Um, And I'm in my flow because I'm really connected now with who I am. And so to say that that journey was easy and overnight, Monica, is I'd be lying. It's not. I just had to be have a growth mindset and be open and the other thing that I love to say to people is in this so I learned this model you know the comfort zone kind of the growth zone thing so someone drew it once and they said here's your comfort zone in the middle here's your terror zone on the outside and so in either of those places there is no growth there's no growth in your terror zone and there's no growth in your comfort Mm-hmm. but in that beautiful space in the middle between the two it's called your stretch zone and in your stretch zone is where your growth is yeah so several years back I went into an environment probably 10 now I went into an environment and I went right going to stretch step into my stretch yeah. and I'm still doing it today so I've just started a new business venture and I'm already doing this stuff over here and I'm just like What's my next stretch zone? Because I get excited about the growth that I'll experience and then who I'll, you know, the different version of myself I'll become. Yeah, I love that. Now, one of the things that we talked about prior to this conversation was the role of mindset in communication. And there are two Mm -hmm. things that I really want to chat about with you. One is the mindset stuff and one is body language. Yeah. Especially how it's, how, how it is now being on Zoom and stuff like that. But can we get into mindset first? Yeah, absolutely. So mindset, when you look at a pie graph, and in any of my trainings, I have this little pie graph and it goes, you know, it's about 7 to 10%. Let's not argue over exact, but 7 to 10% of our communication is made up of the words that we say. Everything else is called our nonverbal. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So both mindset and body language and tone and a whole lot of other stuff fit into the nonverbal, but people don't often realize that mindset is part of that picture. If you go into a difficult conversation, so I teach people how to have vital conversations. So those are robust debates. They're things people avoid because they might be scary or conflict or whatever. So I teach people how to really get confidence in their ability to have a healthy, robust debate and everybody leaves intact. It's a beautiful thing. And so it's inviting those conversations around boundaries and setting our boundaries. But you can't even go there if you don't start with exploring what's your mindset because we talk about it in sales, but it's actually communication as well. 80% of the battle is won in your mind first. And there's mm-hmm. loads of quotes out there that you would have shared and probably adopt in your coaching and things about that. So when I talk about mindset and communication, if I give someone a framework and I say, here's a nice little one pager on how to have a nice vital conversation, people are often shocked and interested that the first quarter of my questions that they're asking themselves on this framework is about their mindset. So it's addressing things like, what have you assumed about oh, that's a good one. That's such a good one. Yeah, because do you know that on that mindset topic, we as humans are meaning making freaking machines. Yeah. And we will make everything and anything mean something. Yeah. And so the core of all conflict is assumptions and lack of understanding. So the antidote to that is great questions, but that's for another conversation. But yeah. just if we're looking at mindset, part of our assumptions are in our mind. So um, someone crosses their arms. I assume they're checked out. Someone else assumes they're closed off. Someone else assumes they're cold. Perception is reality. Mm-hmm. So if we accept that every conversation we have with someone, that their perception is their reality and it's okay, and we don't go in with a need to be right, and we examine our own motives, our unconscious bias, our assumptions prior to any conversation that's an essential conversation so I'm talking about important conversations yeah so sitting back take a breath take a moment use a framework start to ask yourself some questions what have I assumed about this person the situation why they did what they did why they're doing what they did and often that the minute you go in your mind into someone else's shoes the minute it stops being all about you and that's a good thing yeah Mindset, you know, you can have mindsets about yourself, which is some of the stuff you attack in your coaching with people. It's like, you know, what are you believing about yourself? But my questions also include, what are you believing about that other person in that other situation? Yeah. What are you assuming? Um, What do you think you know? And uh, do you have any hidden agendas? Um, What is your purpose and outcome for having this conversation? Is Is it, you know... There's, you know, the whole thing, is it nice, is it necessary, all that sort of stuff. So mindset is also about, I can't have that conversation because I'm terrible or I always get hot under the collar or I forget what to say or I can't go into conflict because it makes me run from the room. So there's lots of, when we look at mindset and communication, it depends what communication skill that person is wanting to struggle with. Uh, wanting to improve on sorry and is struggling with and then I go right what's some of the mindsets and beliefs around that and I get them to unpack that because only only we know right and so 
cool little things. So I wish people could see me right now because I do all the stuff with my hands because I think in pictures. Um, so we have two people sitting on in our head. And if you have more than that, great. Good luck to you, but who's <laughs> enough for me? Uh, so we have an inner critic and we have an inner coach. And our inner critic is often quite loud and has a lot to say. But you can only have, I believe that we can only have one of those people on centre stage at any one time. And I also believe that we get to choose. Mm -hmm. So we can't say, right, and a critic, get out. You're no longer here and I'm going to always have my coach on stage because that doesn't work for us. Because like fear, fear is useful because it keeps us safe. So our inner critic will actually help us at different times. But if you look at it like the infinity, so we've got the infinity sideways eight thing going on. Your inner critic should be really teeny and your inner coach should be big. Yeah. And so what we need to do is understand the language of our inner critic by some self-discovery and journaling and coaching with someone like yourself. And you can go into this with your clients. You can sit there and go, you what's your inner critic saying? And they'll be not saying some very nice things. Yeah. Usually things that we would never say to a friend or a yeah. family member. We're yeah crap to ourselves we really are sometimes mm -hmm. so what's our inner critic saying about that situation about yourself and why don't we look at giving your inner coach some tools so your inner coach yeah. needs some words and then it becomes louder and then we learn ways of um we a, a person i worked with a long time ago called carly shorter used to call catching the ants so ants acronym is automatic negative thoughts yeah and she said, catch those ants. Mm. So when they go, yeah. you're crap at that. You know, oh, catch that ant. Coach words. And you just become better and better at it. So mindset's such a big topic. I could spend a whole day on it. But it's, it's, a, it's actually probably one of your most powerful skills you can learn to master or get, get friendly, get jiggy with your mindset and communication. What are you saying to yourself? And what are you saying to the world? And are those things uh, helping you in the direction, the positive direction in which you want to go? Or are they holding you back? So yeah. There's some good questions in there. Yeah. And I so love that you have these conversations with people. Because one of the biggest things that I work on with all my clients and actually everyone in my life is to know what your triggers are. Because mm. so much of our... Um, reaction and stuff like that to other people is actually based on something that's totally irrelevant and it's because they've triggered something within us like most of it most people it's pretty much the same it's fear of rejection not being good enough so instead of actually just looking at the situation we we feel hurt because you you made me feel like I'm not good enough therefore I'm going to rip your head off even though it actually has nothing yeah. to do with you <laughs> so it's like that self-awareness bit of actually knowing why and I love that the why why are we doing this well actually I don't know you know if you actually think about it and you're honest with yourself mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with that other person so much of our conflict could be resolved in our own heads right in our own journals <laughs> and also why are they doing it so that's the level I go to in these conversations it's like why are you doing it have that self-awareness absolutely but then also yeah. start to ask the questions of yourself and maybe the other person yeah it's like oh hey Monica you know when, when, when this happened, I assumed that you meant that. Am I correct? Or have I got that completely off the guard? You know, and, you, and you'll be able to go, huh, no, that's not what I meant at all. Mm. And so if people had more of those conversations, yeah. hey, Joe, I assumed that when you said that, that this is what you meant. Is, am I correct? Or have I got that wrong? 
the person can come back and say, yeah, you're correct, or actually, no, you got it wrong. And therefore, you avoid the conflict, the resentment, the assumptions, the stories we make up in our heads about people and ourselves and situations. Yeah. So when you're talking mindset, you're also talking that stuff. Brene Brown talks a lot about that stuff, about, mm. you know, the, the stories we make up in our heads. Yeah. So checking in. What was the story I just made up about that? Is that true or do I need to find out more information? Yeah, totally. I love that. I was chatting to a friend yesterday actually about how that thing of, you know, we do it all the time. Like, and because we're constantly projecting our own insecurities right onto other people. So it might be, um, and the things like, let's say you text someone and they don't respond. And so you make up this whole story about, oh my God, I think they're really upset at me because I did this, this, and this. And then 99 times out of 100, you'll get a text the next day and they'll say, oh, sorry, mate, uh, my phone died. <laughs> and it's like you've just lost sleep literally over a story you made up that wasn't even true. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll hear it in your photography work, you know. Um, oh, you know, I look terrible on camera or who's going to even want to see my pictures. And, you know, the stories we make up about ourselves and what other people think and we're going to think about us are just... yeah just piffle you know it's like actually half the time we just yeah we've adapted a belief so your core limiting beliefs come into that conversation but I'm sure that stuff you you work on it's definitely where I go with leaders if I need to so they'll be like you know there's a blocker I'd be like wow what's that blockage have you got like what's the limiting belief beneath that because there's always a core limiting belief um and so yeah is it like i said big topic but i think the key for people to understand is that if you know that you're in a critic is loud and talking all sorts of power about yourself and other people then it'd be good to look at that and it would be good to acknowledge what's going on in there and if you're ever struggling with a communication issue whether it be having vital conversations setting healthy boundaries saying no come back to what your mindset is about that um and looking and looking at it not from a judgment because that's my other mantra let's not judge ourselves or others any further because there's enough of that yeah let's use the words is it useful or not useful so we go not bad on good habits anymore it's is that habit serving me and those around me or is it not useful and does it need to be changed or go so it's a different language that we start to use and i did this years ago and i'm really good at it now because i've practiced but it's changing the dialogue that we have with ourselves and therefore other people. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, heads up. I think, um, cause no one can see you. So you're like moving around heaps, but I can hear your mic like banging on your ah. <laughs> You probably don't know how passionate you are. Cause they'll be able to hear it. Yeah. That's excited. <laughs> so yeah. Exciting. Boom, boom. I'll stop yeah. that. I'll I love stop that. that right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Do not lose your passion. I love this. Um, so in terms of the way we communicate with ourselves, what do you think are some of the biggest issues we've got around that? Communicating with ourselves? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of our communication with ourselves is automatic. Yeah. And if we're not used to going there, to exploring it, um, but... We know things aren't working in our lives at some level. So if you're unhappy in your work, you're unhappy in your relationships, you keep getting treated a particular way, you feel like you're always resenting, saying no too much, yes too much, sorry, <laughs> and not no enough. And, you know, or, or whatever, whatever your situation is, yeah. it's an indicator that something's not right. 
And it will always come back to your, first of all, what you're saying to yourself, whether you deserve it, don't deserve it. Um, So that's automatic. And some of those things have been tuned into us since we were kids. And I don't get into the blame game at all because, you know, I like to acknowledge that our parents did the best with what they knew and what they had at their disposal at the time. And I believe that about everybody. Everyone is doing their best right now. That's my assumption that I do make, um, given the information they have at the time. So what I do know, though, is going back to some of your childhood stuff and going, where did I start believing that? Like, is that still true for me? It was maybe true at the time to survive. I mean, you know, when you lost your brother and there was things that you adopted as things, you were like, that was survival for you right then and there. But now I'm sure there's things that you've gone, actually, that's not, I don't need that right now because I'm okay. Mm. And so that's kind of where people have to go with this stuff. And I think a lot of it's automatic. So I think that's one of your biggest challenges. I think the second biggest challenge I recognize is that it's uncomfortable. And the third challenge would be that, and so people avoid discomfort. Let's just say that. (laughs) I know people will be nodding, listening to this going, yep. (laughs) Um, We avoid discomfort because we're human. Uh, But sometimes, remember the stretch zone, we have to become a little uncomfortable in order to grow. So if we want to become our best self, we have to go there sometimes. The third thing is that corporately, people believe all this stuff about emotions and beliefs and blah, blah, blah to be not really belong in business. There's still a lot of people that think like that. And so when I go into corporate circles and leadership corporate circles and I bring up the topics of emotions and beliefs and what you're thinking in your head, people are like, what is she doing? Like, seriously, I've got a team of 30. I need to know how to make these people work, you know? Uh, And I always bring it back to the mirror. So people come to my communications course to learn how to do stuff and I literally start the day by almost holding I'm a mirror and we start the whole first half of the day is all about them what they're doing their style how they're communicating because that's people's biggest challenge is understanding that we are a hundred percent this is my other belief we're a hundred percent responsible for everything in our lives mm-hmm. everything yeah so we might not choose what someone does to us but we choose how we respond to that yeah I think that's people's other biggest challenge so those are some of the things I see. I love that so much. Okay, so talk to me about body language. <laughs> I know, and you've got 20 minutes, go. <laughs> First, let's start by saying body language can be an entire study on its own, yeah, and I, I never go there. So in my full-day communications course, for example, which is a corporate model that I um, do kind of bespoke versions of and now stuff up online, but uh, – I touch on it enough to get people the understanding that a basic knowledge of how body language is read is vital to good communication. Yeah. So you don't need to analyze every freaking thing that you do with your body or other people do that unless you want to go for it. It might be interesting. But the key thing that I find that if I get people to understand in a corporate setting or a business setting is that, What you think about folding your arms doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's the five different ways that that can be read by the five different or four different personality or or communication styles. So we talked at the beginning communication styles. Each of those styles mixed with their own personality, mixed with their own strengths is going to become their own version. So no two connectors are the same ever because you've got everything else in there. 
everyone's picture is painted differently. So depending on how their picture is painted and the filters on their eyes and ears will be how they perceive your body language. That is absolutely the key of this. Hmm. So what do you need to know is, hmm, have a think about some of the ways that body language can um, influence a conversation. And when I say influence, I'm not talking manipulate. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking positive ripples. Let's all leave this great. Let's all have great relationships moving forward. Even if it's a robust discussion, let's still be able to work together or be friends or whatever like that. So I'm talking about relationships deepening, broadening, high trust, high performing relationships. So body language, the things to remember are things that you commonly do. So I fold my arms because I'm tired or I'm cold. But another person might fold their arms because they're blocking, they're keeping themselves safe. Mm -hmm. It's not even conscious. But I've done this in front of a room of 30 scientists, for example, from like all the universities and people like real science minds. So this was blowing (laughs) their minds because they're like, this is way woo-woo. And and one (laughs) guy called out from the audience and he's like, ah, I think you're being a bit precious about this. And I said, well, it doesn't really matter what you think. And with all due respect, because five other people in this room are going to read that negatively. And so if you want to have better relationships, it's in your best interest to understand that if you sit in a meeting a particular way, drum your fingers, doodle massively, um, have an annoying clicking habit, uh, fold your arms, fold your legs, turn the other way, you know, all that sort of stuff. Even as a speaker, people have been trained to look at the back wall, like what the actual, who was training them that? Like, way to disengage your audience. (laughs) Um, So it's all about eye contact, um, eye rolling, facial expressions. It's a complex beast. And my favorite saying in there is we, this is a a key for everyone to remember on this, is we are communicating 100% of the time, whether we like it or not. So you're in a position of power right now because you can decide, well, that doesn't matter because I don't really care because I don't need to worry about that in my world and that's okay. No judgment. But if you're in a business and you need to grow and you want more relationships and you want to align yourself with people and you want, you know, whatever you want, then it's really good to understand what that 100% is made up of. Body language is an enormous part. And by the way, it can be read over the phone, um, on a Zoom call. So um, when you record, so I'm looking at my camera right now. I've learned that technique years ago when doing camera work because I could be looking at you, Monica, right now like this and see now my eyes aren't at the camera and no one can see this because they're not watching the recording, but you can see it. Now I'm looking at your face because I'm wanting to engage with your face because that's human, but now I'm not looking at you. Because yeah. you're seeing me look somewhere else and it's distracting. Yeah. So when, you, when you're on Zoom, look at the camera, look at the screen, look at the camera, look at the screen. So you at least making eye contact on Zoom. Um, there's lots of different techniques and it varies from platform to platform. But an awareness is a really key thing. And there's some cool little, you could probably do free courses for Africa online about the 101 tips about body language. But where I go with it is, Let's have a look at the few key things. Folding your arms. I'm sitting in a meeting with your leg up. 
you know, that sort of kind of arms back, leg up on your thing stance. I had one, and this is an example to finish this up with, so people get a picture. I had one council I went into to do some training and there was a lot of negative vibes in the room. And there was 24 people in the room. So lots of different styles, lots of different personalities. We were together all day. And we started on this and somebody said, ah, oh, this guy walks into this meeting every week and he shoves his leg up, flicks his chair back and chucks his hands behind his head. And I went, oh yeah, and she did the thing. And I was like, oh yeah, I know that one. And, and I said, oh, what's, this is my question, what's the impact on you? And she said, oh, I just think he's an arrogant meh, and um, doesn't want to be there and thinks he knows everything. And another lady across the thing goes, yeah, I just think this, this and this. And another lady goes, yeah. And I think, and I went, wow. So there's actually four of you in this room right now that when you walk into that meeting are completely checked out. Yeah. And she goes, yeah. So that meeting for them is a waste of time. For anybody running the meeting, it's a waste of time. And then I said this. This is my integrity check-in, which people don't like very much. <laughs> I said, so this poor guy isn't in the room, I assume. And they're like, no. And I said, have any of you had that vital conversation with that gentleman? And offered up some feedback on how that is influencing other people's behavior. Because right now I feel really stink for him. Because mm. four of you are talking about his behavior in the room. He's not here to defend himself and probably has no clue about how that's influencing the meeting. Another person in the room piped up and said, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Case in point. So key to note, you could be folding your arms. If you're wanting to engage with someone on a deep level, you're wanting to connect with that person, just be aware that they could be perceiving that as you being closed off, arrogant, checked out, and any number of things. And their perception is their reality. So you saying to them, I'm closing, folding my arms because I'm cold. If they don't know you very well, they're still going to sit there and go, yeah, whatever. That's yeah. What people do. Yeah. Because how much of this is actually happening at a subconscious level? So like, yeah, because I guess we, we are making assumptions and getting feelings of people. We don't necessarily even consciously know why. Like we're not thinking, oh, they've folded their arms. Therefore they, you know, none of that. Just, we just get a feeling that, oh, they're kind of not interested or whatever. Yeah, and we just check out. Like if you're, you've been to lots of networking things like I have in the past. Yeah. And if you go to a networking thing, and what's your my bugbear is when someone's going, oh hey, what's your name? And you go Monica, and I go nice to meet you, Monica. What's your business? And then someone more interesting walks in the room, and I'm instantly looking over your shoulder while you're talking to me, like hello people. Uh, yeah. Or I'm looking at my watch, or so we all default into communication habits that aren't helping us build stronger, more trustworthy, um, deeper, long-lasting relationships professionally. That's my key. We're all, we're all guilty of it. So mm. the point is, is to understand what yours are. And if you don't know, ask. So ask some people around you that you trust and like, people that are on your journey with you in a positive way. Mm. Are there any communication habits that I have that are really annoying? Do I butt in all the time? Do I roll my eyes too much? Do I check my watch? Or ask them and then work out what's serving you and what's not and ask them how that's perceived. So it's hard because you don't always know how you come across, but you can definitely have a clue and start to become, I think the key for all of this is an awareness. So yeah. Yeah. exceptional leaders are exceptionally self-aware. So they're not exceptionally perfect. Oh, so I love it. writing that down. <laughs> 
let's not go there so it's like let's not go oh my god i have to become perfect no 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 they're just exceptionally self-aware so you know what if i muck up and i do i go back to that person and i go you know what i'm really sorry that i got distracted while we were talking can we just reconvene where we were and then i make a really considered effort to listen better or whatever so yeah so random question but you know when you're talking now i'm so conscious about looking at the camera <laughs> It's so hard because like, I want to look at your face on the screen, but I'm like, I know like we I'm want looking to if I look at the camera. Um, people that don't make eye contact, why do they do that? Cult, so there's a couple of things that come up because I work a lot in local government and a lot in um, councils and things like that, as well as private sector. There's a cultural thing for some people, so be very careful about assuming yeah. why someone's not making eye contact. Um, have that vital conversation of it. Someone you need to work with and it's bugging you, yeah just ask them just say hey i love this is how i'd breach that hey monica i love making eye contact is it a bit creepy when i do um and you'll respond <laughs> and and you know and i'm just wondering um you know are you comfortable with that what level of eye can contact are you comfortable with it's just a conversation and the person might come back and say well in my culture it's rude or uh, whatever or actually i'm really shy and you'll yeah. you'll stop assuming and you'll know and that's the thing, because there are two people in my head who are Kiwi men, and they're both quite different in terms of their personality. And I remember, one of them I remember thinking, I think he's quite insecure. And mm. that's why it's like actually staring into someone's eyes is quite intense. The other person, it was funny because there were two times where I thought he was so rude and that he wasn't listening, and I actually hit him up about it. And actually he, he recited everything back to me that I just said. So it's like he's listening, but he doesn't actually necessarily need to look. Whereas for me, that's really important. <laughs> so he's so he's not self-aware. That's a great example of someone who's not self-aware of that particular thing. So mm. if he wanted to improve his relationships, he would yeah. take that feedback on board and go, right, I need to get better at having some eye contact. And you don't have to drill people down. Yeah. But having some, like I said, look at the face, look at the camera, look at least sometimes connect yeah. with your audience. Um, and so, so for him, his growth area would be learning how to make some more contact, eye contact, because he just got into a habit and he had no idea. And you, if you hadn't been you, you might have just checked out and gone not having that relationship anymore with that person. And if it's a business relationship, that's quite important. Yeah. So he could have lost you as a client, as an audio, as a, you know, it, that's how key it is. So you were bold enough because you're you to say, blah, 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 you know, what's going on here? And he went, oh. And so you realized you weren't correctly assuming, but my, the majority of people don't do that. That's my point is they, what do they say about bad feedback in restaurants and theaters? People just vote with their feet. They don't even give feedback. They just don't go there anymore. And yeah. so that's what I find about this is that if someone's communication behavior is offensive or blocking or giving off something they're not aware of or not wanting to give off, some people just won't talk to someone anymore because it's too hard or it offended them or it's too scary or whatever. Yeah. And I guess in this day and age, it feels like a lot of people do stuff online. So let's say you had a really bad experience at a restaurant. People are likely to go online and give yeah. them a terrible thing, a terrible review, then actually say to the person there, hey, I'm really unhappy with this, when they could actually fix it. And, not giving, <laughs> and, and what rubs me about that is it's not even giving the person an opportunity to put it right. Like by 
doing that. It's almost, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody, <laughs> but I almost feel like keyboard warriors are a little bit cowardice because it's like, actually, you're not manning up or womaning up. And um, yeah, so, you know, I not everybody likes my direct approach to um, coaching with communication and things like that because I do just call it and I often call people to a responsibility for their own. Because that's the thing is that, we can we can really influence for good, create positive ripples with our communication and become better and better at that every single day by just lifting a little bit more weight, stepping into the stretch zone a little bit more, learning a few skills, um, and the world can become a better place. Com conversation by conversation. We have the power to do that. The words we say also have the power to tear down, spread hatred and all those things. Yeah. So. We have the power to choose, and that's the power that lies in everybody, is we can choose on any given day what ripples we're going to make in the world. And like I said, I aim, I, I'm a recovered perfectionist, so I aim for a 90 to 80 to 90% in my life, and I'm happy. I'm okay to stuff up. I'm okay to learn from my mistakes as long as I'm not leaving a trail of destruction behind me, and I'm putting things right as I go and learning from my slip-ups, but we can't be in our stretch zone and not mess up. It just doesn't work. So <laughs> you've got to be prepared to fail sometimes and learn from that and, and put it right. But I, my point is, is that we have the choice and the power lies with us. And so the power is in the words we use, written, verbal. And I've got another whole module that we have no time to talk to today about when is it appropriate to use which channel of communication for which type of communication? Because I think people have lost their way on that as well. Yes. Like, I'll just send a text because it's convenient for me. Well, actually, that conversation needed to be had in person. So, yes. Oh my gosh, can we do that? Can we book a second podcast and cover that? Um, because this is actually something that I rant about constantly. And I feel like as we've moved so much into, yeah, text communication, online communication, emails, people haven't evolved with the times. And I mean, I constantly am getting emails and things like I'm big on emojis. And people, yes. have said, people have said to me, oh, it doesn't come across as professional when you put a smiley face in an email. But I Oops. feel like I, I want people to know the, the tone. I want people to know that I'm joking or that I'm, you know, it's like you still want to come across as you. But if you just say things straight, they're going to interpret that. They might have had a terrible day and they might interpret that as an attack when actually I mean it as a joke or something like that. Yeah. This, this is our third podcast. Cool. Clear your schedule, Jen. <laughs> Exciting. It pumps me to talk about this stuff. What pumps me though, in the spirit of, in the spirit of me and my mission is all about helping other people so that we can all collectively create more positive ripples in our world. Because as the world gets faster, more complex, there's more ways to communicate. If we want to be communicating in a world in a way that positively influences, then we really do have a responsibility, responsibility to step up and to become exceptionally self-aware, really. Mm. And, and not change ourselves, because we've got to be our authentic selves, but learn to become a better version of ourselves, which is our whole business model over in the switched on learning space, which you had a look at. Yeah. It's always about people becoming their best version of themselves. Yeah. Incredible. Okay, awesome. We could totally talk again, and we will in podcasts yes. two and three. So stay tuned. At least. Thanks for listening. But thank you so much. This was so fascinating. I have so many questions for you for the next couple of podcasts. Absolutely That's brilliant. Exciting. 
Yeah. Hello. Awesome. Happy to, happy to contribute. Happy. Yay. Awesome. 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 Yeah. So thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate it. No problem. And uh, yeah, let me know. We'll get offline and get that sorted. Yeah, we will. Awesome. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You too, my friend. Bye. See you soon. Bye.